This episode of Pick Up the Six podcast is brought to you by Everyman Jack. If you haven't heard of them, they're a men's grooming company that creates some of the highest performing, best smelling products on the market. They believe it's not just about what you put in your body that matters, but what you put on your body from their body wash to deodorant to beard oil and more. They're made with naturally derived ingredients and incredibly outdoorsy scents that bring the best of nature to their bottles and bars. I'm a huge fan of all their stuff. The sandalwood scent, probably my favorite of all the things they have. And it's literally in my shower right now. So here's what you do. Head to everymanjack.com today and use our special promo code PUT6, PUT and the number six for 25% off on orders of 50 bucks or more, making small changes to your routine, even in the shower, can have a significant impact. And Everyman Jack makes that easy. Everyman Jack, naturally derived, outdoor inspired. We're also sponsored by Amino Vitals. Amino Vitals' mission is to provide the highest quality of amino acid-based nutritional products to all athletes aspiring to improve their conditioning and performance. The BCAAs, Glutamine and arginine help replenish the body's muscle proteins and jumpstart the recovery process. I've been using Amino Vital since last fall, got introduced to them, and I see a positive impact from their action and recovery products. It helps me just get rid of some of those, you know, aches and pains that come with a tough workout. Hit up amino-vital.com, use the code PUT6 at checkout and save 20% or just click on their link on the show page and save today. Damon Friedman has a simple goal, change the world. I mean, simple enough, right? We'll listen for the first 30 seconds of our interview and you can tell he's serious and it should come as no surprise. He has an incredible story from the streets of Los Angeles, born to an abusive father to a career as a combat controller. Damon is just flat out purpose driven. That has carried into his work to empower warriors to find purpose and be resilient through SOF missions. The energy level is getting cranked up, and I love this conversation with Damon Friedman. Hey guys, Brian Jodis back with another episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast. Once again, huge shout out to those show sponsors. Could not do it without them, and I say this every time, stuff we're using on a daily basis, right? Uh, you work out, you get sweaty, you need a refuel. Amino Vital has been awesome, Reply, re replacing some of those BCAAs. Greatly appreciate it. And then, dude, you're sweaty. You smell like shit. You need to take a shower. Everyman Jack. Thank you, guys, right? keep Keeping me clean. So thanks for that. Encourage you guys to go check them out and support our sponsors because they help us out here and they help us get connected with great people like Damon Friedman, who joins the show today. And he's got a small goal of changing the world. I mean, you know, not that big of a deal. So, Damon, what's up, man? Good to have you. Hey, you know what? Thank you so much for having me on your show. I've been watching it. You've got some great guests, some great content. Thanks a lot for believing in me. I'm super excited to bring some lightning here on your show. Grateful <laughs> for it and ready to rock and roll. My uh, my Air Force combat control buddies like Stone Hazlitt and Eric Holman are going to be like, I know that lightning bolt back there. We're going to talk a little bit about, dude, your background and time in the military, but just all the great stuff that you're doing. And I think I think we're a we're a uh, a great example of the benefits of social media. I think we're like a LinkedIn connection. Like I saw you putting out great stuff. I see saw Damon commenting on people that I know and appreciate. I'm like, well, this dude, we seem pretty aligned on positivity, and we're gonna see if we can't break the internet with positivity today. So that's how we get here. And bro, you got a great set behind you, Matt. I know you're getting ready to break that thing in and start doing some cool stuff with it. So yeah, absolutely. I'm just, dude, I'm just pumped. I'm just pumped to hang out and talk a little bit. 
Yeah, you know, super excited. Served 20 years in the military. Obviously, when you're in there, it's kind of like you're in a twilight zone, right? Because nobody really knows where you're going. And then once you get out, you kind of wake up from, I don't know, 20 years. And then yeah. you're trying to figure out this world is a very crazy place. If you think about it, 23 years ago, right, when I joined the military, I was a kid. I'm trying to figure things out. And now that I'm out, like you've got all this weird stuff happening, the far right versus the far left, the social justice movement. You've got, of course, the Afghanistan collapse. You've got, you know, the political friction. You can't even, the division is greater than it's ever been. It's just, mm -hmm. it's a really hard time to live. But at the same time, super excited because I think that now more than ever, we need positivity, we need unity, and we need world changers to be an unstoppable force for good. A lot of people hurting out there, yep. a lot of people frustrated, struggling, and I think we just need leaders today more than ever in the history of this great nation. Yeah, man, right on. So just that typical story, right? Puerto Rican Jewish kid growing up in the inner cities. That's of right. <laughs> inner city Los Angeles. You did do some research on Yeah, me. bro, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, you know, uh, born and raised in L.A., a uh, long time, lived in 14 different places in the first 12 years of my life. Nothing was handed to me. My, I was raised by the first Wonder Woman of my life. That's my mom, uh, Puerto Rican from San Juan. And uh, man, she's a survivalist, man. Yeah. And she taught me what boldness and courage was. And so I'll tell you that she taught me a lot about what does it mean to be strong in the face of adversity, especially uh, uh, my biological father was very abusive. And uh, I'll tell you what, it was it was literally like, what a lot what what required us to move from california to florida was literally getting away wow. from that psychotic man so that was kind of the beginning journey of fighting for freedom fighting against depression it kind of began just in my own life and seeing how my mother the first wonder woman spartan woman if there was ever one uh how do you do it how do you deal how do you fight what does courage really mean intestinal fortitude uh, against an overwhelming authority, odd power, stuff like that. So yeah, that's where it all began, LA. Dude, you know, it's interesting, right? Like we often think about those male role models that have an impact on us. And, you know, you think about this great man leader, it's got to have these male role models, which you obviously I'm sure did growing through your military career, but, but mom, right? Like mom in right. the center of that and a strong one mm -hmm. at that, that, uh, I'm sure that leaves an indelible imprint, even just the way you talk about it, right? Like, yeah. Number one, <laughs> yeah. Number one for no, sure. I, I, absolutely. Um, you know, everybody has an inspiration. Um, somebody asked me a while ago, like, who's my hero? And I had to think about it because I'm starting to think about all these incredible leaders that have come into my life, and just trying to figure out, okay, who had the greatest impact? Man, hands down, the greatest hero I have on this earth is definitely my mom. She's 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 the toughest person that I know. Uh, and so it's important to know who your heroes are. It's always important to emulate them. It's always important to one day uh, within your power, within your grasp, that you can be one yourself for someone uh, that needs help, that's for someone that's looking for hope, for someone uh, that is trying to figure things out in life that just incapable of doing it themselves. So mm. uh, my mom, you know, love her. I live here in Tampa with my mom and uh, she's an extraordinary influence. In fact, I just want to make this atomic impact in the world before she goes to the heavenlies to say, mom, you see, yeah, this is you, this yeah. is you, you know? So it's pretty cool.
I love it. All right. So what got you in the Marines? Cause you're in the Marines first, right. And then into the air force, special warfare officer, right. Combat controller. What's that journey? Yeah. Like what's that path that got you there? Yeah. So everybody has a reason why they joined the military. And my main reason, uh, was to serve my country. Uh, I didn't go in for school. I didn't go because I didn't have any other place to go. I wanted to give back. Um, you know, when we didn't have food, our country provided. When we didn't have a place to stay, and a, you know, the, the, my country provided a roof over our head. And when it was time for an education, country provided. Like my nation, the United States, is the greatest nation in all the world. And yep. You know, all those naysayers out there, especially in America, if you really don't believe that, then I always say, then why are you here? Go find a good, the country that you love and go live there. This is freedom here. This is what it's about, the United States of America. And so I decided I joined the Marine Corps. Another reason why I joined the Corps, I'll tell you, is that I was definitely afraid of my biological father. I mm. mean, this dude was a fighter. He was very physically abusive. He was very psychologically abusive. And uh, one day I just, maybe perhaps I, I thought, well, maybe that I could stand and look at him in the face and I could, you know, I could stand up to him and say, I'm not afraid of you anymore. So what better way than to yeah, go into the Marine, the Marine Corps? They, yeah, they, right. they break you down, they'll build you back up. And now you're like a war machine, right? It's like, so I joined the Corps. It was incredible. And then I was there for five years, uh, came in and then we had the war. Everybody, you know, during that time remembers exactly what happened on 9-11-2001 when the, you know, when the Twin Towers were, you know, two aircraft crashed in and that changed the trajectory of like all of our lives uh, during that time frame. And, you know, I, I went to the war and then I came back and all of a sudden, you know, Marine Corps is looking for some more war fighters, right, to get out into the trenches. And I got a chance to go to Second Force Recon, did the reconnaissance, uh, you know, uh, assessment, then uh, indoctrination became a pathfinder team leader there. And then uh, just really fell in love with the air to ground interface. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just thought, you know, I, I, I could, I could do more, I could serve more. And all of a sudden I heard about combat controllers and the guy that like totally motivated me. I'm sitting there watching, you know, with my Marine Corps devil dog outfit. Right. I see Calvin Markham, William Markham, Charlie, Mike receiving the silver, you know, talking about the silver star they received, like it's on the discovery channel. Now you like decimated the Taliban in 2001, killed like over 3,000 Taliban fighters. I'm like, really? Who, who's the slayer, man? Like, right. who are these guys? Course, yeah, who right? are these so, guys? Right. Yeah, I'm like, Air Force, come on, Chair Force, come on. What are you talking about? And I learned about the most lethal weapon in the battlefield, hands down, a combat controller, no doubt. And so that I gravitated to that career field. I went in and then I served 15 more years in the military there doing capture kill missions and serving in humanitarian uh, work throughout the globe during catastrophic events. So uh, that's pretty much it. And I, I, I'm passionate about the special tactics uh, uh, mission, but more importantly, like what we can do and contribute yeah. uh, for the Department of Defense, how we can massively decimate the enemy, right? I mean, I, I just fell in love with it and I'm really grateful for my service to my country. Shout out to my man, Thad Forrester. Respect to his Ooh. brother, Mark Forrester. I just reached yeah. over and grabbed this. You just mentioned it, right? It just, it's like not but an arm's reach away from me. Thad's a good friend. Right. His brother, brave warrior. John Chapman, yeah. another combat controller, lost in combat. Other guys as well. 
two that come yeah. top of mind. What did you learn about yourself as it relates to being a teammate, right? Because the combat control space, to me, yeah. right, it's such an example of the ultimate teammate because you got SEALs and you got uh, Green Berets and you got, right, you got all these different elements. You got airplanes, you got guys on the ground. That combat control guy is, is a, a real team guy. What did you learn about yourself as a teammate through that process? You know, I think, um, you know, all the units are, you talk about the SEALs and you talk about the special forces and even like MARSOC Raiders. Um, in comparison, when you juxtapose those careers with a combat controller, I would almost say that as we begin the pipeline, we really are taught what does it mean to be a teammate? But I'm going to be honest, I, everything I learned about uh, leadership, I learned in the Marine Corps. Mm, uh, like yep. that, That's just the bottom line. And when I cross over in special tactics, we empowered the, those individuals. We had phenomenal leaders, intellectual capacity beyond comprehension. Um, I, when I compare myself with all the other officers, I'm telling you, like, I would think I was average, you know, because they're so smart, so talented, and just grateful that I even had the opportunities to lead as a commander and, and as a director in some of these larger roles and special operations. But I'll tell you, like, I think the biggest thing is, is that we really empowered combat controllers. And, and I, this is not a negative connotation at all. I, I think it's a super strength. It's to be, um, to be able to stand firm as an individual and to work seamlessly in a team. So mm. as we started off in the pipeline for three years, right? You're going to um, military freefall, combat dive, FAA, air traffic controller. You're learning every weapon known to man, uh, learning every vehicle and, and, and uh, uh, known to man. Uh, we're working as a team. And that's where we kind of understood, or at least the, the new individuals that were not part of any military unit to what, what does it mean to have teamwork? But then it's, okay, I'm empowering you. This is all of your equipment. Here's all your weapons. Here are all your supplies. Here's your special tactics support team. And then you're going to go uh, be attached to a SEAL team, a, a, um, a special forces team. And then the tier one guys, you know, with um, uh, all the dev group and, and the unit, um, we figured out how, how to work with those teams. But most importantly, how when everything fails, we can stand mm -hmm. alone and we could still prosecute targets. Right. And we could be uh, operating in such a lethal manner. I think that that's really like the magic sauce of a combat controller, because if you grab a four man combat control team, right, special tactics team, uh, that, that would be the more appropriate, right? Then what ends up happening is that four man team literally can take villages off of the face of the earth. All right? and, and I loved, I'll tell you, I love all my soft units, but there was nothing more cool for me than to hang out with my Green Beret brothers. I did the majority of my work with special forces. And I'm here to tell you that, um, obviously, but I love my Marsoc guys because they, they killed everything. It's right. like, no, we're not sparing anybody. You know, it's like, okay, that's the typical Marine. I'm like, all right, let's go decimate. But I always really enjoyed working with Special Forces, their Green Berets, and the majority of my good friends and the people that I still stay connected with are, are the men and, um, you know, that uh, we operated with in the Special Forces uh, teams. But learned a lot from Special Forces, learned a lot from all the other uh, operatives out there and just learn a lot, you know, in special operations as a whole. Military career comes to an end, but you're like, dude, I got so much more to give. I mean, you're talking about being a global force for good, but obviously that has such an impact on you that you want to start up soft missions. So tell yeah. me a little bit of, right. Yeah. Tell me about this effort, right? Cause I think that's where you're like, let's get in. Let's yeah. continue to have an impact right. even after that. Yeah. So, so I had, um, this is a, uh, I'm going to talk about three uh, major, uh, components, uh, three major times in my life that um, actually propelled me 
to convinced me to do SOF missions, right? Uh, the first was I just came back uh, from one of the deployments and, you know, I, I, ha I have five registered mild traumatic brain injuries and I have spent um, enough time in the hospital. Uh, the last stint was three months as an inpatient recovering mm -hmm. from my injuries and outpatient for, I'm still going outpatient. Um, I never realized that the concussions that I would have would have such a significant effect on me, right? And even to the point where having some serious medical issues, um, because I never felt, and you know, there's a lot of great leaders in, in special operations and special tactics, but I felt like when I received my injuries, um, I just didn't get the care that I needed. And so uh, it, it, was, it was bad leadership there were really great commanders and some commanders that I was under were not good. They were self-invested. They cared about themselves. And I would be the first person to tell you that when I first joined the mil military or when I went in special tactics, I was about me. I'm a hundred percent guilty of it. hundred percent. And I, and I was, you know, there were good decisions that I made and then there was bad decisions that I made, but I made a decision. Okay. And um, I, pro may, I may not have been the best leader for some of the men and some of the men I would, but I'll tell you this much that regards, I think that whatever happens, whenever you have, you send your men to war and the women, right? You need to take care of them. And I didn't feel like they genuinely had like my best interest. So I had to get care outside. I was going through some serious stuff. It's not just anxiety and depression, right? It's not just flashbacks, this PTSD stuff, this it's literally, it's mild traumatic brain injury. It's chronic pain. It's insomnia. It's, mm. you know, going through a six month deployment, sleeping only two hours a night, like that starts killing you slowly. So in, in the mid time, mid part of my career, I was going through some serious dark stuff and I almost became a statistic. I don't say that like, Oh, look at me. You know, I want some attention. No, it's, it's not that it's the fact that I was in a really bad place. And I understand intimately why a soldier picks up a gun puts a round in it, you know, loads it up and blows their head off. Like I, I, I understand. And people are like, well, why would you do that? Like, I, I understand, like you don't understand, but there's so much pain sometimes you just wanted to go away. Like you're getting up and you know, the space is, is your, your, you know, is spinning, right? Like you can't even, your vestibular is off, right? You have light sensitivity. A lot of times when I do these podcasts, there's a lot of bright lights. I have a lot of light sensitivity over it. So I wear a hat, right? Um, you know, and you're dealing with like, um, all sorts of these symptoms, uh, that, that deal with traumatic brain injury and, and, and you deal with all the other stuff and you just want to, you just want to off yourself, but you know what? I'm in that dark space and I heard a voice, man. And it's a voice that I heard a few times saying, I have plans for you, mm. plans for good and not for evil. And man, I believe that voice. And then all of a sudden, a lot of really great physicians, medical professionals, practitioners surrounded me. And after a year and a half, I got better. I got a whole lot better. And then in 2012, I get redeployed. I'm in Afghanistan. I'm out there doing capture kill missions. I'm the main, you know, um, JTAC, you know, I'm in charge of the theater, the mission commander. And at the end of the day, I'm there and prosecuting targets. And then one day I'm like, what would it look like if I could help out all my other brothers? Mm -hmm. And there was this particular month and I can't recall specifically, I lost, we lost four, like four. And it, and it one like rides his motorcycle off of a mountain. Another one 
dies out in the out sea, you know, on the surfboard or something. Another one, you know, takes their life. Another one, you know, shoots themselves. Another one takes a bunch of pills. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and they were operators and even those that supported. And so that really rocked my world. And I said, Hey, you know what? I want to do something about it. And SOF missions was born literally in Bagram, Afghanistan. I called my wife, let's do a 501c3. She thought I was crazy. And then boom, fast forward. I'm a special tactics commander. Right. I'm able to understand what is it like this POTIF. We basically have the blueprint and the standard of what high, you know, high end suicide prevention human performance programs look like. Then I'm over at Soxent and I'm, you know, under Admiral Howard. Ugh. Anyway, and we build another um, uh, another uh, uh, POTIF program. And so I've replicated these. And so today, we have the high end, like we provide this free high end medical care to all of these veterans, um, not just soft, not just, you know, special operations, but, you know, combat veterans who've gone out and served our nation. And so I, I could have stayed. I was a director of future operations for Soxent. I had a phenomenal, you know, uh, career, um, getting ready to take it to the next level and the next rank, the next, you know, command. And I just said, you know what? why, why is this really my destiny? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, like, what are you called to do? Right. And so I just believed that I needed to get out for one, my health. Uh, again, I didn't feel like the command was, they, they don't really, you know, the command, that current commander that I was serving in, I didn't feel like he genuinely cared, um, about his leaders. I think he was more concerned about the next rank, which is a common issue. Um, the next, you know, promotion, mm -hmm. And uh, I just thought every time, 50% of the time, I'd have a really good commander that actually cares about their men and women. And 50% of the time, I got a commander that was like a totalitarian, <laughs> right? Who only gave a crap about himself and his own promotions. And so I just got done with it. And I said, let me just embrace my destiny at SOF Missions. And now today, we're in all 50 states, predominantly in Florida, served over 3,000 veterans with this incredible care, which I'm sure I'll get a chance to talk about um you know in the podcast because we're here yeah. to do a call out yeah. to our men and women that do need help because that's really the reasoning of the work that we're doing it's really the core of why i'm on this podcast so yeah i'm, I'm just excited to be able to it's, provide it, a solution it, to it, a problem it's no coincidence i got a text from my dad this morning let me know when you have a few minutes to talk re ptsd support for a veteran like yeah. <laughs> so we'll yeah. chat about that offline when we get done but so tell all right Tell us, like, what are you guys doing, right? What are the tangibles that empowers warriors to find purpose and resilience? So what we've realized is this is, right? The new signature injury of the war is mild traumatic brain injury, yeah. right? And I, I'm going to just say right off the bat, before I begin my spiel, I have a lot of respect for all the other nonprofits that are doing real work. Um, and the recreational, mostly. Peer-based is definitely very effective. But my thing is I want to get to the core issue mm. because it doesn't matter if you go on a hunting trip or you're like out in the water and you feel great after a weekend or a, or a week or you go to a retreat. That's awesome. But what about what got you there? Right? Like what is the core issue? So what we found, so check this out, PTSD, mild traumatic brain injury, moral injury, sleep, stress, fuel, exercise, right? You grab all those and that's what's killing you. 
right? So like you, you got to get to the core issues. So our program is psychological, physical, social, and spiritual, right? It's, it's, it's a true multidisciplinary approach. We bring in warriors. We have an intrepid center-like model where we bring in the warriors at no cost to them. For one week, I've got 20 healthcare professionals. Actually, this last one was a whole lot more. We just graduated another class. Seven in the morning to seven in the evening, right? I put you at a resort. So no complaining. Yes. It's not a hospital. No stench, bro. Right? Great beds, great accommodations, the best food in the world, right? Like, can't complain, right? And I got the best in the business psychologists, social workers, physical therapists, acupuncturists, chiropractors, massage therapists, psychiatrists that focus on insomnia specifically. Like, like, like it's, it's just so holistic with a human performance hand, uh, strength conditioning, nutrition, um, you know, and, and all these other things. And we then, after a whole week of full assessment, we immediately start providing care with our healthcare professionals. And then we commit all that care, following care for one complete year. Why? Because a lot of times, like when I was an inpatient, like, you know, it was easy to become kind of institutionalized. Then you go home and check it out. The gun is there. The whiskey's there. Mm -hmm. The angry spouse is there. The angry kids are there, assuming that they're still there, right? And maybe, and then you add all these other pieces, like the financial instability, the maybe, you know, not knowing where, where your next job is. So for us, our mission statement is to empower warriors to find purpose and then be resilient. Mm. Notice the chronological there. I believe 20 million men and women who sign on the bottom line are here to radically change and transform the world. 1% of Americans sign on the bottom line. That's awesome in itself. We didn't even get into special operations. And so I, I'm telling them right now, like, look, you're part of the 1%. You are the freedom fighters. Mm. You are the ones that are called to fight for those that cannot fight for themselves. Figure out where that space is and it's not just afghanistan all right like when i retired yeah. i had like this like really cool um ceremony i took off that multi-cam uniform right and all my sexy you know gear and all that crap you know my, my outfit and you know what i had i had in that closet check it out a john wick like outfit <laughs> i literally took my multi-cam uniform off and I put on that black outfit and here it was symbolic because it was like, I am letting go, right? I'm retiring the old mission, fighting against extreme yeah. terrorism. And now I'm embracing a new one. My new enemy is suicide. The second leading cause of death for adolescents, the, one of the major causes of death for men. I mean, so it's it, in, in some countries, it's, it's the number one killer for men. So at the end of the day, that's where I'm at and I'm passionate. And so this is what we're doing. And to be completely honest with you, I still struggle. And by doing this work, saving lives, it keeps me alive. Did you hear that guy? Rich, you hear purpose. that? Yeah. You hear that? Mm -hmm. This guy's mm -hmm. coming at you as like a ball of energy. Like I'm fine. I'm on the edge of my seat and still just said, had the vulnerability to say, and I still struggle. Ain't That's no right. shame. We talked about this on our last episode with Brian Eddy. We're going to the bonfire ranch. Ain't no shame in talking about it and working through it, right? Because That's right. I can promise you this much. Sometimes you feel like the weight of the world, whether it's PTSD, depression, just stuff you got to deal with in your life, feel like the way the world's on you, right? And there's only mm -hmm. one way out. Listen, man, I don't care what you've done. We can overcome all of it except for the one thing. There's one thing you can do that I can't help you with. I don't have the chance to help you then, right? Damon doesn't have the chance to help you then. Don't do it. Resist it at every step of the way. One Peter 5.8. The enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking for something to devour. Resist him.
right? Standing firm in the faith that others have your back. Like that's the power in that. And then there's another point you made that I absolutely love. Find purpose and be resilient, not be resilient and go find your purpose. Here's why I think it's important. It is not your strength that holds you to your purpose. You could be the strongest mofo on the planet. It is the strength of the purpose itself, right? That's where it is, right? So identifying that purpose, God put me on this earth to connect people to something bigger than themselves through storytelling about service, purpose, and impact. There's mine, right? That's that's, that's what awesome. drives me every day. Hmm. I, I love that. Actually, since you're going to go ahead and start, you know, bringing Come some, on. <laughs> Come some on. higher bombs, you know, um, I, I originally uh, said this, um, this verse and um, for, I know the plans I have for you yeah. says God, your plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And I, and a lot of people, they, 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 they share this powerful, powerful quote from one of the greatest leaders during the time of Israel. Uh, he was, you know, his name is Jeremiah and everybody wants this like, Oh, I want this new hope. I want this purpose, but here's, here's what it says not just 11, but it goes on to 12. And this is super important. And he says, and he goes on and says, in those days when you pray and you listen to me, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you. And then he says, I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, I believe that God has this incredible plan for all of us. And I am a person of faith. When nobody was there, God was in the midst. It was that voice was that, that voice. I heard yep. in my living room while I had my Glock 1-9 loaded, right? Nobody was there, but he was in the midst. And so I, I do a lot of praying. I do a lot of seeking and I do a lot of knocking. And I believe that God, the creator of the universe, has charged me to do this mission. And I want to kind of take advantage of this moment because you mentioned some of the other gentlemen in the beginning of this podcast, some of the leaders, you know, and so important. Uh, as a call to action, not just for our, our veterans, or our warriors that are struggling, but a call to action to nonprofit leaders to understand that you cannot accomplish this mission on your own. We are doing very well. We're very successful. There's a lot of other nonprofits, but it's very important like Spartans, we are able to lock shields upon shield and fight this enemy together because it's going to take a tribe to save one life. I loathe, I loathe leaders in the nonprofit space that only care about themselves. They only care about their own growth. Like, look, there's 20 million veterans out there. There's 1.5 million just in Florida. There's too many yeah. and not enough of us leaders. We have to be able to make sure because in the nonprofit space, and you know this, right? Like there's like cutthroat. I got no business for cutthroat. I'm not yeah. competing against anybody else. I like what Fedrick Douglas said, and I'm chopping this up. You know, whoever's doing good, I will align myself with and anybody who's doing bad, I will not. And sometimes we don't like each other. And trust me, there are a lot of people I don't like, but you know what? I can still respect them based off of their work ethic and their heart to do right. Mm. Right. So I, I'm, I'm really in the space and, and, and just love joining forces with people that actually genuinely care, but just as a call to action, man, we got to work together. And, um, and, and I just had to say that, but yeah, to yeah. find purpose and to be resilient, those, those are the very important things. And we figured if we did the holistic approach, I mean, I, we spent $50,000 on just one five-day clinic, 50K for 10 warriors, one week, 10 warriors, 
20 healthcare professionals, 50K. Why do we do that? Because it's required. You yeah. can't just piecemeal it. We don't piecemeal anything. We package it together and I'm giving everything that I've ever received to every veteran. And I don't care what you did. Um, and that, you know, soft community, it's like everybody's always measuring each other up by their awards and what they did. You know what, man? I don't care. I just cared that when you sign on the bottom line and you raised your right hand, you took an oath, you sacrificed and everybody goes through something. And that's where I'm at, you know, 20 million veterans. And I want to help them all. Whatever it is that you're doing, whatever you're struggling with, I understand genuinely. And at SOFmissions.org, you can get the help that you need. And we will love you. We'll respect you. Whatever your story is, just like I love what you just said. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't because you know what? There's a God in heaven that loves you mm -hmm. and you're forgiven, man. And that's not like, oh, I could just do whatever I want. No, no, man. I'm no, no, no. Yep. just take a tactical pause, right? Face outboard, <laughs> drink some water, Ranger, right? And then yeah, figure out. Get back in the fight. Get back yeah, in the figure fight. Figure out where you are, man, and shoot a new azimuth, right? That's right. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, right on. SOFmission.org is the website. My man's a pro. I was going to ask him for a data dump. He just gave it to us right there. You got to tell that's me right. about the book, right? Igniting Movements. I'm fired up. Yeah. I got to get my hand. I got to get my hands on a copy of this thing. So you feel right. All this stuff, right. All this stuff is happening, right. You're doing all these things. And like, I, mm -hmm. you're like, I got a book in me. I know I got yeah. something in me. That's got to get put on paper. Yeah. So what I did was I, I went to school. I went to school to learn what does it mean to be a really great nonprofit leader? Um, nice. I really respect that education. I really feel like if you don't have that appropriate, like experience and background, you're not going to be as effective. So during my doctorate work, in my dissertation, I focused on what, you know, movements, you know, how, how can I ignite a movement? How can I have a flashpoint? And so through my um, dissertation, this thing was born. It's called Igniting Movements. I studied hundreds of movements, Western culture, America, uh, men and women that exploded with mm -hmm. a people movement. And of course, nonprofit is like, it's, it's a formalized term, but it's like, you know, a, a body of people going out and doing awesome stuff for the world, right? Either domestically or internationally. I studied the blueprints. I studied like all of the critical uh, variables that ignite a movement and I packaged it up right in here. This is literally, it's for leaders. You want a movement? Buy the book and learn it. it I share a little bit about my story, but then in the second chapter, why faith, hope, and drive aren't enough. Look, man. You have all the faith, all the hope, and all the drive, but the bottom line is, is if you don't have a plan, you ain't going to win. So pragmatism is king when it comes to taking action, right? So, mm -hmm. so I talk about the human agent, uh, focused on leadership and the followers, then the driving ideology of why, what, what, what keeps you up at night and what's going what's gonna to empower you to go through hell to hell and back. And then the organizational construct, like the internal components of your movement, this body, this organization, and then of course, the external expression, which is the strategic output, how you connect, connect, communicate, communicate, and how you contextualize, contextualize to the people that you're trying to help. So that's what the book is about. And I applied them all to SOF missions. And guess what? Boom. We've ignited a movement. And right. here we are. It's been awesome. Exactly. Uh, bro, audio book? Like you got to do an audio book, right? I just got Dude, reprimanded. Your, your voice? Come on. Like, I'm like, I want more of this. Bro, I just got reprimanded. I was on a... Um, real life network um like uh two weeks ago and uh they said dude do you have an audiobook and i'm like i don't man i swear i had all these people just about like yeah. nonverbal slaps in my face yeah. and i'm like 
So mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna get on it because um, there's enough people that have asked for it. So yeah, I you got the sweet new setup. You got the good microphone, right? Like just right. I know, off. right? Like I could just go off. Yeah, it's like, yeah, hey, let's true. talk about igniting a movement. Hello. Uh, you're gonna be a. You're going to live as a servant and die as a servant. What does it take to do that? It it what it takes is to constantly be reminded why you're on this earth, and I believe down to the core of my soul that I'm on this earth. It's a higher calling. And as long as I stay focused on uh, what my calling is from higher, just like the military, right? You got a commander, right? I'm un- unapologetically, I'm a Jesus follower. Um, I am, you know, I have my own issues like everybody else, but I believe that God called me to radically change and transform the world. I'm using my gifts that I like to call superpowers mm-hmm. to be an unstoppable force for good. So I'm, the way that what it takes to live as a servant and to die as one for me, you know, I talked to you about the hero on this earth. That's my mom, but my, my hero that is higher is Jesus. Like if he's the epitome of what it means to be a servant leader for there's no greater love than to lay down your life for another. And I'll tell you, you just raised up his book, Mark Forrester. And you know what? That, that hurt that, that one hurt. That one hurt. I prayed with him in Bagram, Afghanistan, as he was transitioning. And he was he was he was an older gentleman, but a new JTAC, super gifted. And what he did was he displayed the ultimate sacrifice. I can't even believe that all they gave him was a silver star. That's all that he received. He should have a whole yeah. lot more. Yeah. The way he ran into, you know, the face of danger, and he sacrificed his life as he threw that other green beret that was shot and bleeding out over his shoulder. And when he got shot, like what greater display? That feels like a Medal um, of Honor recipient. Uh, absolutely. If I've ever heard of one, right? That absolutely. feels like a citation for the medal if you've ever heard one. Absolutely. I mean, you know. But I'm, you I'm a, a little um, I'm a little choked up, man, because you and I didn't even talk about Mark before this. We came into this conversation with no cross-reference data point on that. That's not yeah. by coincidence. That's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah I, I, I tell you, um, I think about him and there's a handful of the operators that I had the honor to work with and look up to, I look up to all of them. And, you know, it's another reason why I don't talk too much about my own combat experience because, you know, I've seen men that have done things that are unbelievable. I, and they have sacrificed themselves in such an extraordinary way. And I'm just grateful that I'm alive Mm. and I'm here. And even though I have challenges, guess what? I'm not going to sit here and drink myself to sleep every night. I'm not going to, I'm tired of being self-destructive. I want to live. I want to have peace and joy in my life. And the only way that I can do that is to keep my eyes fixated on something beyond myself, my higher calling. And that's what I'm doing right now. So anyway, I just, yeah, obviously we have more conversations in the future. Yep. Uh, to podcast here because yep. uh, this is some good stuff that we're talking about. Yeah. Just getting started. We're about at our time Absolutely. for this one. But I think you're right. I think this is the start of something special here. That's Tell right. us where folks can find you, right? Because my listeners are like, all right, I got to follow this guy. I want to I want to get more of what he's throwing down. So tell us where they can find you. Yeah, so I'm going to throw out two things. One, which is more important. Um, if you're a veteran, if you're active duty, like I was, and you don't know where to go to get help, man, give SOFmissions.org a shot. Um, man, like I don't know you. But that's okay. We got a team, an exceptional team. They're the best in the business, man. 
just look at the resumes of the practitioners that are coming here and we will take care of you. Um, you just got to give us a chance, but, and just remember that this world is so much better because you're here. All right. Um, uh, it was like two months ago and it's still rocking my world. Um, get a call and one of our brothers takes his life, leaves four daughters. Oof. All right. Four daughters and a wife. And I want to, I, I, and this is, I'm like, damn, who is going to walk down the aisle of each daughter, man? Like, what did you do? It's the most selfish thing to do in the world. And all you do is leave all this pain behind everybody. The easiest thing to have done. I could have shot myself right in my living room. That was the easy answer for me. It's hard to be alive. Sometimes this world just sucks. So if you feel that way, call SOFMissions.org. Just, just check us out. Give us a shot, man. And you know what? We get you help immediately. So if we can get you into intensive in a couple of weeks because we do one week every month. I can immediately get you the best psychologist, the best mental health provider, the best. If you're struggling with something, just give me a call. SOFMissions.org. So that's what's most important. If you're a nonprofit leader out there, hey, man, put your head on a swivel, right? You got great orgs out there. I want you, whether I like you or I don't, I want you to be the best version of yourself for the sake of our brothers and sisters because there's not enough of us. And if you're out there and you just want to learn how to ignite a movement and you like what I have to say, check me out, all right? This is my book. I'd like to empower you, man. If you can't afford it, go to damonfriedman.com, send me an email and say, I can't afford it. I'll send you one, okay? Because I am passionate about the nonprofit space. I am passionate about the humanitarian arena. I am passionate about leaders going out and being an unstoppable force for good to be a world changer. People ask me like, dude, world changer, that sounds so big. It's not. You know how you become a world changer? You change one life at a time. Mm -hmm. Find that one person. Yep. And if you can invest in that person and help them and they can be better, you've just become a world changer in your own right. Yep. There you have it. Well said. Damon, this has been a blast, man. I want to do more of this. I want to hang out more. Uh, I mean, I just, I knew it was going to be good. I just, I was like, man, this is going to be a good one. Uh, and delivered. So thank you, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, look, it was such an honor to be on the, uh, on the show. Uh, grateful for the opportunity. Obviously, we talked about some important, mm -hmm. um, passionate and emotional topics. And uh, thanks a lot for what you're doing out there. I appreciate your time, your energy, uh, your focus, and making sure that the message goes out there. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. And as I always tell uh, all of my good friends and family, Godspeed. Awesome. He's Dr. Damon Friedman. I'm Brian Jodas. That's been this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast.